0: Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empowering a community through the mission in their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and -and principal-turned-author-and-entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and our series on passions friends, I am completely in awe of all of our guests, and this series has my heart pumping with the passionate women being featured. Today's episode features one of the most passionate ladies I know. Allison Apsey has been an educator for 20 years and a school leader for 15 of those. Despite the fact that she never wanted to set foot in school again after high school graduation, there's nowhere else she'd rather spend her days than in classrooms. She is the proud principal of Quincy Elementary in Zeeland, Michigan. She serves on the board of directors for the Michigan Elementary and Middle School Principals Association. Allison is the author of The Path to Serendipity and the picture book, The Princes of Serendip. Her third book will be released early in 2019 and is called Through the Lens of Serendipity, Helping Others Discover the Best in Themselves. She lives in Michigan with her husband and two sons. In this episode, we talk about Allison's focus on how mindset matters in any experience in our lives. She inspires us with her passion to live in this way, as well as assist others in framing their own path to a serendipitous life. From her story, we learn how we too can work the muscle of gratitude to deepen our own life satisfaction and push through challenges to live our best life. It gives me great joy to share with you Allison Apsey's passion story. Welcome, Allison, to the In Awe podcast. I am so excited to have you on this episode featuring passions because as you know, in the month of February, we are doing a series full of passionate Ladies. And
1: I'm so excited for our listeners to come to you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is always a joy to connect with you. So. I'm super excited to have a conversation about passion. I got a chance to meet Allison this past summer in July.
0: And the reason I'm so excited is because she is a person who literally just exudes passion right out of every pore. And it's not fake. It's not something she just puts out there on social media and then is somebody else. I just, one of my favorite memories of Chicago was being able to sing karaoke. And ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) if you know me well, you know, I mean, this is something Something that I'm just always searching for somebody to do this with me. And as an adult, very rarely can find anybody. So to have Allison, John and Jessica Johnson be in that space is just awesome. So thank you
1: for being that person. Oh, and that wasn't just like regular karaoke. That was karaoke <laughs> with a live band. Oh, it was, <laughs> which is a
0: whole different level, right? It was so great. since we're on it, do you remember what because you sang multiple songs. I only got up there once. But do you remember, what was your favorite song? That you well, sang? one of my
1: favorite karaoke songs is Dancing Queen. I'm thinking I sang that. You totally sang that, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a regular. And for me, and anyone
0: who's listening from Spooner would catch this. The first day that I met all of my staff at Spooner High School, we had a staff retreat, and part of the activities that they had was that you're supposed to rewrite the lyrics to a song, and or actually, they were supposed to take like a mishmash of eighty songs. And I had never met my staff before, and uh, we ended up rewriting lyrics to "I Love Rock and Roll," and I sang "I Love Spooner Schools," and so that day I got to sing "I Love Rock and Roll," and it just made me. Smile, Allison, because that was right after I had left my position, and that Aww. was just kind of a fun poignant memory for me. Anyway, let's get talking about you. This is not about me. This is the In awe podcast where we're amplifying your story. And so would you share with the listeners, Allison, a little bit about your current
1: context? Sure. So I live in Michigan. I'm a principal in Zeeland, Michigan, which is halfway between Grand Rapids and the shores of Lake Michigan. I'm an elementary principal. This is my 15th year as a principal, my 20th year in education. And I've been a uh, high school uh, middle school and an elementary principal. This is the, the fifth year in my current school. I also am an author. I have two books out and a third one coming. Um, I wrote The Path to Serendipity, which is like a self-help book for educators in particular, but really is appealing to people in many different professions. And then my second book is called The Princes of Serendip, and it, it's a rewriting of a 16th century Persian tale that explains the origin of the word serendipity, the idea of serendipity. And then my third book that's coming out is called Through the Lens of Serendipity, and it just takes the path of serendipity to another level where the path of serendipity is a look within and through the lens of serendipity is a look at those around us and how we can support them in living their best lives especially those who have faced challenges adversities traumas which is you know almost all of us right have faced our own set of challenges and then I am a national speaker now. And that's like to bring that message to groups of people is just so invigorating. But when you said the realness, that is one of the the most important things to me is that the things that I write about in my books, on my blog, the things I speak about are the things that I live every day in Quincy at Quincy Elementary and in my relationships with my family and my friends and the people that I love. Absolutely
0: love what you put out there, Allison, but having that authenticity to your message is critical. I think for all of us, for any of us, if we're seeing a person speak and motivate us, we want to know that that's a truth. And also if we're out there spreading message, we have to have passion and understanding of it. So It's clear that those two meld with you. And I'm so grateful to have seen that and that our listeners get to hear about you. If you've never engaged with Allison on any social media platform or anything, check her out. You know, some of my listeners are not in the education field, so they may not have exposure to you. Allison will take videos. And I'm thinking about the one that you did for Back to School this year, where (laughs) you had a bunch of different characters that you played and, you know, knocking on a door and pretending as if you were a parent and you were answering questions for the parents, is what I'm
1: trying to say. Oh, yes. <laughs> play both roles, yes.
0: Yes, yeah, so really that fun. Awesome. And the other thing that um, is really cool is that, Allison, you take that passion and you amplify it. So since we're on the series of passion, you've talked about your books, you've talked about your speaking. I've referenced you know, video, but you have a couple other things that you do to kind of spread this, this message of joy. And not that you're saying, oh, you have to be joyful, but you just exude it. So
1: would you talk a little bit about the Principles Playhouse for the listeners? Oh, yes. <laughs> With technology. In social media, you don 't need a big television network to create a talk show for you. you can just create one on your own so I had this idea last year that I would create a just a fun talk show for educational leaders and I recruited my good friend John Winstrom, who is another principal in Michigan he 's on the other side of the state, so we don 't get to get together that often but we just come together and talk about important things for educational leaders, but do so in a fun way, like with costumes and music and um, lots of joy and laughter. And one of the reasons why we created the Principal's Playhouse is to show that this educational leadership job There's so much joy and so much fun embedded in it. If that's the mindset that you have, like we have hard work to do, but coming alongside each other, we can do that hard work and support like our emotional health. So that's one of our, our big focuses.
0: Reference John once again, had the joy of meeting him in July and a
1: talented,
0: talented person, you know, not only just in the profession, but he can sing, he can pick up a guitar and actually make it sound good. You know, he's a prolific writer and just a really great connector. So I love the fact that you two came together in this space and that now my listeners can be aware of it. So check them out. The other piece that I would say too is I love that you point out that our work is hard. I think educational leaders. That is one of the most challenging jobs is being a principal. And I can say that because I've been there. I know there's a lot of controversy around that conversation and teachers that is really hard transactional work too. But being in middle management, you have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders with a lot of stakeholders in a school district. You also are accountable to a lot of different pressures and deadlines. So I value so much what you say about bringing joy. And I love that you've been at the high school, the middle school and the elementary because listeners might say, well, it's you know easy to do that at the elementary. And I will tell you, they are very different. Would you speak to that at all in terms of your experience and bringing joy at all the levels or had you
1: struggled at that when you were not in the elementary? I set out to be a first grade teacher yeah. and then I ended up being a multi-age teacher. So, I, My first teaching position was in um, a classroom where we had grades three, four, and five in the same room. I team taught 50 students and then I moved down to a position where I taught a multi-age classroom of grades four, five, and six. I moved up and taught grade seven, taught grades seven and eight, then I moved into administration it wasn't adjustment for me to be able to relate to high school students and high school teachers but i had that benefit of kind of transitioning in that direction slowly and they taught me so much i feel like they taught me way more than i taught them initially but there are some fundamental truths in working with just people that They want to be heard. They want to be understood. We can have dance parties with any grade level. You know, when I was a high school principal, my office was just in the middle of the school. And between sixth hour and seventh hour every day, I would take requests for songs and there would be music blaring from my office. And kids would stand around and laugh at me. I'd dance with them. They'd dance with me. And... I do the same thing in elementary I have my fanny pack with speakers and and walk around during recess or arrival or dismissal and just bring joy even through music and and that is it doesn't matter what age level students are you just joking around with them, bringing fun, showing them that life can be fun, but also um, taking it deeper and helping them find how to be their best selves. And then just listening to understand and be having that empathetic voice is so important, no matter who we're working with. I think that's
0: what I really love about you just as a person, Allison, is, and of course I'm a little biased here, but I felt the same way in my own leadership and as, um, kind of a joyful soul and a woman, I got challenged on some of that. I think there are perceptions that kind of start to build from that in terms of your ability to, you know, be a disciplinarian or take care of uh, of the situations. But the fun part is proving people, proving to people that you can build relationships that are enduring that matter, that will have a stronger impact than um, having a
1: grumpy face. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that as women, when we are compassionate and really look to find joy and bring joy, sometimes there is that perception that we're soft. Whereas if, you know, if men in that same space are compassionate and and bring joy, they're viewed differently. So I do think that that's just an extra layer of reality that we have to understand and counteract in ways that we can control.
0: Well, yeah, and I bring it up, and I don't want to bird walk too far here, but I used to engage with the moms as principals group back several years ago, and primarily elementary principals, and loved their ideas, and brought a lot of their great um, community based ideas to my own high school building, and it was always interesting because there are there are different dynamics at the different building levels, both with the staff and the students. And I can speak to that with a fair level of authority, not only because I've led at elementary, middle, and high, but I also now have subbed (laughs) as an elementary principal recently. You know what I mean? So though I had those years as a high school principal, there's just a lot of variability. And the interesting part is kids are so excited to see you at the elementary school, no matter what your role is. If you're the principal, I mean, they're like, dang, you're a rock star. If you're the principal, at the elementary school, but inherently you get to the middle school and high school and automatically there's a label on that principle. So, so true I see that it's just a really important calling to be like that, Allison, to break the mold of the principal's office and, you know, make sure that it doesn't matter what level you're at, that we can have joy. And I I love that you exude that passion for the adults too. You know, we can go play. Let's sing some, you know, live band karaoke and then <laughs> let's go ahead and deliver a pretty amazing um, session for other professionals to learn from. So just kudos to you to keep living that message. And it's really important that you do. And what I'd like to get to so that the listeners can hear this is that there's an authenticity to your message because you have also come through some adversity. Would you like to share just a little bit about maybe the things that fuel your passion to be able to live this way? Yes.
1: <laughs> so there are things that I will share and there are things that I won't share and and there's very specific reasons for that. Um, I have come through a lot of adversity in many different arenas in my life and I would never want to share something that would hurt someone I love. So there are things that I may never share that are, you know, things that I went through in in my childhood and you know in my early 20s and but there is One piece of my life that really taught me so much that I am totally willing to share, and that is um, the experience losing my mom. Gosh, it's going to be seven years in March. We lost her on St. Patrick's Day. Going through that battle for her health with her and then ultimately losing her taught me so much about life and one of the fundamental lessons that I got from that experience is that everything we go through has the power to help us become better people if we have that mindset. And I call it a serendipity mindset where the definition of serendipity is happy accidents and I think if, if we have a serendipity mindset, if we go about our life looking for those happy accidents or those beautiful lessons that are embedded in everything we go through, from joys beyond our imagination to unthinkable tragedies, all of those experiences, it's, the, it's this kaleidoscope of emotions that life offers us. And they all have the opportunity to change our lives for the better. And when my mom was sick, we went through um, two years of chemotherapy and surgery and, you know, the, that roller coaster of uh, cancer. And then, you know, ultimately where, you know, we brought in hospice and um, helped her, you know, spend her her final days with us. Um, I was determined to have that experience help me become a better person, because I felt like my mom deserved that, and that was the biggest gift that I could give her, as she so valiantly fought cancer because she wanted to have more time with us. So, um, I think that's that's a, a, a very powerful piece of my journey. It's just a piece of my journey, uh, and I we throughout that experience. I allowed sadness to wash over me. I allowed myself to to feel that those that full kaleidoscope of emotions. But I didn't live in that sad place, and, and none of my family, we were all determined not to live in that sad place, that that we would spend moments there, but our story would be one of strength and joy and of supporting each other. Well, a couple of things that I really love about
0: that is for the listeners, she writes beautifully about this in The Path to Serendipity, and just... Love the way you kind of give a backstage pass to the emotions that you're going through, but also the challenge, you know, the driving, the maintaining your full life, but also being fully present with her in those moments. And I can hear the emotion in your voice. So I value so much that you talk about embracing those feelings because we don't want to shut them down. That's part of human experience. You need to feel the sadness. And I know I've shared you know, with my own loss of my brother that was sudden and, and traumatic. Every year it comes back. You don't lose <laughs> the love you have for the people in your life that have left such an imprint. And it's important for us to not cover over those. Uh, but I love so much that you say it's not going to be the dominant message. That's not going to be the dominant narrative. We are going to spread joy and learn and grow through this. And again, another life message that you're living. So thank you for bringing that to the world. And I'm honored that our listeners get to
1: hear about your mom and that legacy through you. And Sarah, I have to say that I feel like everything that you're saying to me about me, I could just turn the mirror because you share about the loss of your brother and about you know your experience in such an authentic way and the one word I would use to describe you from our time together in Chicago is sunshine. Like you just look like sunshine and that's what you exude and and bring to the lives of people around you. So I feel so blessed to have connected face to face in that way last summer and I can't wait to have it happen again. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well thank you so much Allison. I have often um throughout lifetimes, you know, you I think I've thought about this a lot lately that we go through our chapters and our seasons and I was just coming out of a of one that I just had to constantly I don't know how how else to put it but like bleat that light out <laughs> to mm. people and it never felt like it was shining as radiantly as it could so to hear you say that just makes my makes my day. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, I want to talk to a message that you have about joy. You know, it comes from being intentional. It comes from choosing. And if you're out there listening, going, well, that's great for Enneagram type sevens (laughs) or (laughs) whatever personality test you want to take and label yourself. Here's the truth. You can work that muscle. If you haven't ever read The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin or The um, Happiness Advantage by Shawn Acker, there's just all this beautiful research. And I know, Allison, you touch upon this in your books, too, with a little different lens. But if you're a person who has struggled with the gratitude piece or the joy, you can work that muscle. It is research-based. It's about being intentional. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and some of the stuff that you promote in your
1: work and in your speaking? Okay, I would love to. You hit the nail on the head and with that intentionality. It is not inbred in me to seek joy, to find joy in, in every day. I mean, that's not even how I was raised, really. Like I had to like kind of fight against some things in order to, live my life in this way and it's so funny because I was walking down the hall of our school yesterday morning delivering Starbucks drinks to various teachers and I consciously say to myself, "Elson, you are going to enjoy today. You are going to find joy in the day. And I had a busy day. Like I needed to create our video for our weekly announcement. I needed to you know, track down some discipline things. I, there are so many things, the list was endless of things that I needed to accomplish. But I know that the most important thing about accomplishing those things is not what I'm going to do, but who I am going to be as I accomplish them. And that's, that's my passion, that's my mission in life. It's helping those around me find like just, just to discover the best in themselves even or maybe even especially when life presents these incredible challenges listen to motivation youtube videos in the morning i have a playlist of songs that I play that remind me of the person I want to be. And I, I tell myself all the time that I am enough because I truly believe that I am enough. Sarah, you are enough. All of the listeners, you are enough. And we have this, this vision of who we want to become and moving toward that inch by inch every day is enough. We're okay. I have to train myself to believe that every day. And there, are, I have highs and I have lows. There are days that I feel like I kicked that day's butt mm-hmm. and there are days that I feel like that day just kicked my butt. And, I, I, you know, I don't even know if I deserve this position as principal today, but I know that tomorrow or maybe even in 10 minutes or in an hour, I'm going to feel differently. So I don't overlay guilt (laughs) on top of those bad feelings because I think so often we feel bad and then we feel guilty about feeling bad. And I want to remove that layer of guilt and say, it's okay to feel bad, but let's just figure out how, how to move forward. Really inspiring message
0: for our listeners to hear because in the doldrums of the day, (laughs) of any given day, you can fall prey to that. I'll speak specifically to the women listening because there is this sensation of imposter syndrome that every person can experience, but we know that women tend to experience it more often than men for... A wide variety of reasons. So when you said, uh, what resonated with me is when you said that you question yourself is whether you have the, I think the privilege of being the principal role, but then you get past that. And is that something that you have struggled with, Allison, is that idea that maybe you don't belong in the space that you're in and... <laughs> Often I mean yes. when it comes to putting yourself out there with books and speaking and all of that. It's such a normal and natural thing, but we kinda of feel like we're alone in that. Yes, absolutely. Any yeah. wisdom that you'd give to the listeners as you kinda of talk through that and your own experiences with it?
1: One thing that that really changed my life professionally and then also trickled into my personal life is getting connected. I spent my first ten years or so as a principal isolated. I was a principal of a very large charter school a couple hours from where I live now. We had a leadership team at my school, but I did not get connected with any state-level organizations. I wasn't even connected with other principals in other districts in our area. I only was connected to the leadership team that was at our school. I moved and changed positions. I had then a district-level leadership team. I got involved in my state-level organization, which is the Michigan Elementary and Middle School Principals Association. That's how I got connected to John. I, I heard George Gross speak at, the I think it was the second MEMSPA state conference i had ever attended. George influenced me to get on Twitter, like he does to so many of us, and get connected through social media and to begin to share my story. story via a blog, getting connected. And now I'm connected through Voxer, through Facebook, through Instagram, through Twitter, through blogging, through podcasts and so many ways in real life, you know, face-to-face. I'm connected with so many different educators and understanding that we all go through those same highs and lows and everybody faces challenges and that challenges and those highs and lows, they're supposed to be part of our story helps me accept me, it, it really changed my life in so many ways, and I do still face that imposter syndrome. A month ago, I was going through a couple week period where I had some challenges. I was struggling to resolve. I, I faced that imposter syndrome a, then, a couple weeks ago. Um, but I know that that's that doesn't define me. That's that's a space where I I will spend some time, but I will pull myself out of it and in having confidence in that. Is, is so powerful and getting connected really led to that understanding.
0: Well, and it's empowering and to know that somebody who is in the process of publishing her third book, who, you know, already has a full-time job, Um, on the daily and does all these things, can feel those things too, that the rest of us can feel. And truly that will take place in any role. I mean, how many of us felt like imposters when you first had your own Child, if you know you've been blessed <laughs> to be a parent, it's it's in every new role we take because it's new and debilitate you. So, for listeners, remember what Allison said. You know that you have the ability to learn and reach out and not be isolated. A huge piece of overcoming that is hearing how others have overcome it and knowing that there are people out there that have experienced that and can walk that. I love when you said that struggling is actually part of what our story should be. Because it's so relatable. I know I was also an isolated teacher and principal until I think 2011 or 12. It was such eye opening in my own experience in 2014, 15 year, was a really tough and challenging one in the district that I was serving in. And at the end of that, I happened to meet Peter DeWitt. And it just blew my mind because we're sitting there and here I am just thinking, oh, I've been through this terrible, awful thing. And then he he just kind of quietly listened a little bit. And then he shared with me, "Yeah, Yeah, I remember the time that I was in a district as well, and there were kindergartners holding picket signs. And I thought, okay, it's not just me. <laughs> yes. I'm not the only one in the world who has led through a disruptive time in a school. You know, so it's really great. And the other piece is that no matter what profession you're in, we have the power to engage with others now right i love this concept of you know linkedin and podcasts and everything that allows us the ability to share our ideas we don't have to think that we're alone and that we are traveling this road alone i don't think it's ever been more glaring to me than when i've now stepped out of the role that I've been comfortable with and trying to do this entrepreneur piece. Part of where my imposter syndrome came was, well, people are already doing what I want to do. So that was a challenge because it's like, well, I'm coming late to the game. And then I realized, no, I'm not, I'm building a mission in an, in a community that's going to build organically on its own that Absolutely. needs to thrive. And so I'm so thankful that you're sharing this message with our community because it's critical. It ties so well to the mission of this podcast, you know, in creating that. So thank you for that.
1: Yes. Uh, Yep. And thank you for continuing your mission. Um, despite, yeah, it's it's risky, right? There's, there's Fear is a liar though, right? You can do anything you set your mind to do and you can do so much more than you even imagine. Dropping gold
0: here, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen,
1: you listen to that
0: fear is a liar. Punch that fear right in the face. I
1: want you to have a chance here,
0: Allison. Your book will be coming out. I had the beautiful opportunity to just preview it a little bit, the next one through the lens of serendipity. And listeners, please, if you have not checked out the path to serendipity you will not be disappointed by any means i still remember where i was sitting when i was reading your heartfelt open humorous engaging text of sitting at the dentist office uh-huh. <laughs> waiting for I my daughter i love that but it just is it's true and it's real and so please check out the path to serendipity but i also want to tell you that you take it to another level Allison, with the through the lens of serendipity so do you just want to touch upon the
1: kind of key Points in that text for listeners through the lens of serendipity. That subtitle is helping others discover how to live their best life, and it, it really is. It's it's about being compassionate, and it's about you know what really being empathetic is. And there's a couple um, points that I'll I'll share with you, and and one is that empathy is just as important during the good times as it is during the bad times. And I think that's something we don't think about so often in that, you know, Sarah, as you're pursuing your your dream, this entrepreneurship, your podcast, it is so important for the people who- you love to come around you and celebrate the great things that you're doing as it is for them to come around you and support you during the hardships you've gone through. And I write about that in through the lens of serendipity. And there's, there's so many ways we can take a look at how we experience things and then apply that to how we support other people. You know, we we all have weak spots and we don't know each other's weak spots. And we might hit on one of those weak spots with a very benign comment. You know, sometimes we might say something and somebody takes this great offense. And then all of a sudden we're both in this like kind of defensive posture where if we understand that, okay, I might've just said something that inadvertently hit a weak spot to that person. So how can I come back and support them even though I had no intention of hurting them in the first place? So it's really just looking at others lens as well as, as our own and, and how we can support each other and, and living our best lives. And it's, there is a component of the book that looks at how trauma ha- impacts people and the supports that people who have been affected by trauma really need in order to thrive and then how those supports can also be helpful to everyone because we've all faced our own set of challenges and and some have faced traumatic situations and and some have not but there are some universal supports that can help everyone the real deal right there so check
0: out the lens uh, through the lens of serendipity because i love how you point out that it, not only in the text and what you just said, is that it's not just for educators working with students. This is life. We have experienced this. If you've been listening to the in podcast, you had the experience to listen to four um, individuals who very in a raw fashion shared their stories um, that require that they have a you know some compassion around them that people have shown. But also one of the things that I found once those stories were amplified is how many people who have known some of the individuals that were featured for years and said I had no idea I had absolutely no idea that this person had walked this path and that is the that I mean my mouth just like Became numb with the purpose to realize that that's exactly what was supposed to happen. That these individuals are supposed to hear this story and then not, you know, have all this woe is me sympathy, but see the mission in the message for somebody like Jessica Johnson, for example, who came from very challenging beginnings and is impacting. And I had a person come back to me and say, Just hearing that makes me look at students differently, just knowing wow. that. And I so thought, powerful. Here it is. And so your book is going to do that for people. I know this for a fact. I love the storytelling. I love the fact that you, you know, you point out in there that there is a different lens that everybody's coming to, and we know this through communication. But are we are we living it? And you just really give some really great, practical, very world um, applicable ad, ad, thoughts in there. So thank you for putting that out there, and I can't wait until listeners can come to it.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you, and thank you for um, taking a look at it for me. That's that's it's been wonderful to get. That feedback in advance of the release. Oh yeah, because that's another piece where we'll wrap around you. Um,
0: hopefully, my my listener listeners will. This will be releasing in February, and your book will be coming after that. And we'll be making sure to, you know, link the show notes where you can get a hold of Allison's work. Um, you know, in the future. So I want to be able to get to a couple of questions. My standard question on this one, and we touched it a little bit with one of your responses, but just wanted to know, Allison, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what advice would you give?
1: The, the stage where I struggled the most with just my inner battles was, you know, probably through high school. And at that point, I wish I had known that I was enough. I wish I had confidence in the person I was and the person I wanted to become. So if I was to write a letter to my high school self, I would say, you know, you are enough. You want to become this person? Move that way, inch by inch. But just know that in the meantime, every single day, you are enough. And there is joy in the journey in becoming that person. So focus on finding the joy in the journey. And I think that would have, I think that's a message that any teenage girl really needs.
0: I think that you're correct on that. And also that many of our listeners needed to hear that too, you know, because we can find ourselves in any age or stage wondering if we're enough and needing to kind of grow back inch by inch from a setback or True. grow into our Our power. So thank you for sharing that. I want to get um, a couple of inspiring recommendations from you because I know you've got a lot of great recommendations. That's who you are. You spread joy and you amplify others. So (laughs) would you talk a little bit about a cause you support and what we can learn about that?
1: One of my best friends runs a nonprofit called Beautiful You by Profile and it provides it's in the Grand Rapids area and it provides beauty treatments for women who are going through cancer treatment. So they they open up I think it's the first Monday of every month and just ha- have volunteer stylists come in and, and do pedicures and shave heads and, and manicures and, you know, all sorts of, they do henna treatments on um, bald scalps. Like it's just a beautiful project organization. And I'm so proud to be able to, to volunteer a couple times a year. Now they don't trust me to do any like salon services (laughs) at all, but they allow me to like sell raffle tickets and things like that at at events.
0: What a gorgeous mission. Thank you for sharing that one. Can you point us to somebody on social
1: media that we should connect with after this interview? If you are not connected with... Karen Festa, who is a special education teacher in Rhode Island and just a phenomenal educational leader, you need to find her.
0: I'll be sure to link those recommendations oh, in good. the show notes, Allison, for anybody that would like to engage with that. So we have run to the end of our time and I wanted to make sure that the listeners also heard that Allison is involved in a project that I really want our listeners to hear about and support with a new podcast coming out with one of our colleagues in the profession, Jennifer Hope. Would you like to share a little bit about that, Allison?
1: Yes, I am so privileged to host a monthly podcast with Jennifer Hogan. It's called Rising Tide Radio. And our goal is, um, our mission is similar to yours in that we want to just provide a community of support for women in educational leadership. And so our goal is to provide ideas and and resources and really just invite listeners to like grab a cup of coffee and have a conversation with us. And from that, you'll learn a
0: great deal about these two confident and community building leaders. So please check that out. And I will again link that in the show notes. You'll also learn that I think that is Jennifer that loves Journey. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew she was a soul sister as well. <laughs> She's amazing. I love her. <laughs> all right, Allison. Well, we've run down to the end of time, but I just want to thank you so deeply and genuinely from the bottom of my heart for taking her to give an awe-inspiring interview for our listeners.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me and, and thank you for taking this risk, sharing your story and amplifying other stories. We need you. So I just want to, to thank you for um, sharing all that you are with oh, us. You- Are most
0: welcome and make sure listeners to check out Miss Allison Apsy. You want to talk passion? Mine is bringing these stories to you every single week. And I know that there is a mission in these messages. And I am so grateful that anybody takes the time to rate, review, and share an episode. When you take the time to share how an episode impacts you, it matters so much to our guests. And we rise by lifting others. So I just want to take a moment and thank you so genuinely for being a part of this awe-inspiring community.